Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on my mind. And our mind, too. I was going to say, I change up the... Whatever's on his mind. Right. Okay, okay. I change it up today, you know. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. I'm also the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. So, Ted, you know, I normally, I bring the book up. Yeah, yeah. Put it out there, but there's a special reason that I'm bringing the book up today. A special reason, special reason this week that you're bringing the book out. Right. So not just because you want people to Not just because I want people to purchase the discipline of now, 12 practical principles to overcome procrastination. But there's a different reason. Okay, okay. Because our guest today has no need for my services at all. At all. At all. He doesn't need to read the book. He doesn't need me to coach him. He is doing the thing. Yeah. Yes. That's what I hear. He's doing a lot. We're going to find out. I don't want to spoil it. All right. But that that's why I really bought the book up. Okay. Now next week I'm gonna bring it up again. I'm just yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this week I have a special a reason. Special reason. All right. That's good. Okay. Right. So joining me as always is Ted Fells. He's the super CEO, the business strategist, extraordinaire, and all around good guy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's, yeah. it's 2020. It's 2020. You know, 2020, everybody's saying what they're going to do differently in 2020. That's right. What I'm not going to do in 2020. What I'm going to do in 2020. Uh-huh. Just do whatever you're going to do in 2020. That's right. That so I, I was in the gym this morning. It was packed. Yeah. Oh, packed. A lot of folk. Oh, yeah? Yep. Let's yeah. see how long it lasts. Now until mm-hmm. about Thursday. Right. And that's going to be it. Right. Then it'll be back to what they did in 2019. That's the same old, same old. But that's it doesn't have to be that way. No. No. Hopefully, they listen to our podcast. They can yeah. make some changes. Make some changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Then we have Britton Smith. He's the Renaissance man. He is our political pundit. The man who refuses to be pigeonholed. Happy New Year, fellas. Hey. E, you should take that book to the gym and to all those new faces. Stop <laughs> pushing on them. <laughs> that is a great idea, Britton. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to try that tomorrow morning and see how that goes over there. Britton, how was your holidays, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. Man, all was well. I didn't bake a red velvet cake this time, so, oh, man. you know, womp womp on that, but, yeah. you know. By the way, Britton, the... Uh, Red Velvet Cake was excellent. It was excellent. Yes, it was. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. it, it, it now, it, it is definitely a reason why you need to stay in the gym, though. <laughs> I do not have a low-fat recipe. No. Let me tell you, you didn't measure anything on that. You just threw everything in there until you just got tired of throwing stuff in there. <laughs> until my wrist started hurting. <laughs> oh, man. And, guys, uh, I want to wish... The two of you, a uh, happy belated Founders Day. I know oh, January 5th, thank, yesterday. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank was you. your anniversary. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Yes, it was a grand, a grand day. I saw, I saw the pictures. It looks like yeah. you guys did it up. Yeah, we did it up, man. As much as you could do on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> we, did, we did it up. We had a good time. 
All right, excellent. You excellent. have a Founders Day coming up soon, right? That'll be in November. Oh. <laughs> November 17th. Well, 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 I'll make sure that I make a note to to say Happy Founders Day to you on November 17th. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that. All right. Okay. Yeah, that'll go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> at least need to return the favor. Right. When you put your pictures up there, I need at least need to like, like something. The smiley yeah, face. A little heart something. I, mean. <laughs> I don't know about no heart. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely get a couple of likes. For sure. For sure. That's cool. Well, once again, this is not your everyday podcast. You can find us on Facebook or on Instagram. You can find us on iTunes. All you got to do is type in the 30-minute hour, and there we will be. You can also catch us on YouTube on the page titled The 30-Minute Hour. Shout out to our cameraman, Mr. Michael Fugate. Yeah. Cameraman extraordinaire. You saw those great photos out there on our pages. Uh, He's the one that did that. He's shooting the video right now. Make sure you check him out on Real Shining Arts. Com. And we'll also have a website coming up soon. Got a Michael website? Fugate will be helping us with as well. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. Hey, Eric. Eric. Yes. What's on your mind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that Britain would say that because I do happen to have something on my mind. All right. All right. What you got? So today I want to talk to you about the richest place on earth. Okay. The richest place on earth. That's right. So in 2017, actress Viola Davis, she won the Academy Award for her role in the movie Fences. And she starred opposite Denzel Washington. You've seen that movie before. Mm-hmm. So she was making her acceptance speech, and I was watching her, and she made a statement that stood out to me while she was making her acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. Here's what she said. I really, it grabbed me. She said, the richest place on earth is the graveyard. Mm. I just stood out like, why would the richest place on earth be the graveyard? And she went on, and she said, because that's where you'll find all of the hopes and dreams of people that were never accomplished in life. Wow. The graveyard. Mm. Graveyard, Britain. I mean, think about it. Let's think about this. The graveyard is full of books that were never written, mm-hmm. businesses that were never started, and benchmarks that were never achieved. The graveyard. Author Henry David Thoreau, this is what he said. He said that most people live lives of quiet desperation and they die with their music still inside them. Mm. It's a shame. It's a tragedy. So the question is, how can you avoid adding to the wealth and the net worth of the graveyard when you die? (laughs) Is the graveyard going to be richer once you get there? Because of all your unfulfilled potential. You know what they say about potential? What's that? That means you haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have potential. I mean, that's something you haven't done. Yeah. So you meet somebody that's 90 years old. Oh, you got so much potential. (laughs) At 90, I don't know how much. (laughs) There's a lot you haven't done. That's right. Right? That's right. So see, here's what you can do again. You know how we roll. Yeah, this yeah. is that part where you got to get off the treadmill. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Even, even if you're here, you just started today. You right, know? right. You made your New Year's resolution to work out. You're on the treadmill. You're listening to us right now. Yeah. You need to pause the treadmill to hear what I'm about to say next. Okay. If you're driving in your Yugo, pull over to the side over, so over. you can really pay attention to this okay. point. Because here's what you need to do to avoid 
adding to the net wealth of the graveyard. You ready? You have to set a goal to have no regrets. Hmm. No, this is goal setting season. Okay. You know, vision board. Vision board. <laughs> Later, I'll tell you about my theory on vision board. That's a whole other show. Okay, okay. But set a goal to have no regrets. Okay. So think about it. If you look back on your life, right, you're going to regret the actions you didn't take more than your failed attempts at achievement, Mm -hmm. right? For example, like, like I saw this interview. They were interviewing Kobe Bryant recently, and the reporter asked him, if he regretted the fact that he fell short of winning six championships, mm. he's got five rings. You know, Michael Jordan is his idol. You know, he was always competing, wanting to surpass with Jordan. So the reporter asked, do you regret failing to accomplish the six rings? Here's what Kobe had to say. No, because I can retire in peace because I know that I did everything I could to make that thing happen. Yeah. So I, I, can, I can retire, I can chill out. So here is the question for the listener. Are you doing everything you can or will you look back with regrets? Mm. That's the question. You have to answer that question. And this really leads to our guest. And here's why. Because our guest <laughs> is clearly living a life without regrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I hear. <laughs> he doesn't regret anything. He, no, he's doing the thing. everything. Right. So, let's get this. <laughs> He's a veteran of the Army, Navy, Air Force, and the Coast Guard Auxiliary. He has a combined eight degrees when you factor in his undergraduate, graduate, and he's actually working on, he says eight and a half, because he's actually, all he has to do is do a dissertation and he'll have his doctorate. So, he's got eight degrees. He's got 15 different IT and law enforcement certifications. 15. He's a business owner. He owns the Intercessors Group. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. He's a cybersecurity professor at two different universities. He's authored four books, one of which is titled CyberSense. I just happen to have it. In my hands, go out and get your copy of it today. It's the Leader's Guide to Protecting Critical Information. He's got five black belts. (laughs) (laughs) We better be careful up in here. So if the first black belt don't catch up, one of the other four is going to One of the five is going to catch up with you. That's right. In various martial arts disciplines. And he's an actor who's been <laughs> featured in films and television and commercials for the past 30 years. And believe me when I tell you, he's got other things I haven't talked about yet. Please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Derek Smith. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I enjoy being here and joining you guys with your banter tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good word for it, Derek. That's right. That's right. No, man, definitely welcome uh, to the 30 Minute Hour podcast. It's Glad an to be honor Glad to, to have be. you here. Derek, when I told them all that, they did not believe me. Yeah, most heard. people don't. Yeah, so most I said, well, I'm going to have to have you come in here and he's going to make a believer out of you. Most people, when they read it, even when I was sitting here, like, who is that guy you talking about? <laughs> like, I want to Most people him. don't believe it. So, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so, you were in the military. 
and you were actually in four different brands. Can you explain to our listeners how that works? How sure, do you sure. end up in four different Sure. So let me say this. I almost didn't go to any military branches because I tried to get in the Marines first. Mm. And the Marines told me I couldn't be in the Marines. Mm. I had a bad knee from an injury in high school football. They said you disqualify forever. Mm. So I think I had to prove them wrong. Okay. So I went to every other one to prove them wrong. <laughs> but when I was 17, I got out of school. I'm from Chicago. And I didn't even have hopes for college and all that. It was like get out of the house and do something now. So I joined the Navy. I joined the Navy. Um, was in the Navy for a couple of years to go in and get college and get some money coming in. When I was then, I decided I was going to get married. So I met. I had been dating a woman that's going to become my wife. In the Navy, I didn't want to be married and be away for seven, eight months, twelve months out of the year and have right. a wife at home. Mm-hmm. So I decided to join the Air Force, and I did something called an inter-service transfer. And I transferred from the Navy to the Air Force. They so had to go to basic training again. But then I became an Air Force guy for 15 years. Mm. And um, I was in the Air Force doing investigations and things like that, which led to a career we talked about. You didn't even mention that. I was a federal agent for 18 years. Mm. So I'll talk about that. But from the, uh, from that... How dare you? <laughs> I know you not mentioned I was a federal agent. That's right, man. But um, from that, I, when I decided to get out of the military and join the government and become a federal agent on the mm. outside, I joined the Army National Guard. Mm. So I was a National Guard for eight years, but I got called up twice to go to our various skirmishes around the world mm. two times in that. And later on, I had a buddy who came in one day, and he had a Coast Guard shirt on. And I'm like, what's that you got? And I was missing the military. And I'm like, can I get involved? And so I went and checked out the Coast Guard, and they had this Coast Guard Auxiliary. It's kind of like the Reserves. And I joined that, and now I do I go out and do ship inspections and rescues and all that on my weekends <laughs> a couple times a month helping folks um, and still being able to put on that uniform mm-hmm. and still be part of the military part, still giving back. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that worked. You know when people say, like, thank you for your service? Yes. I mean, like, we really mean, like, thank you yeah. for your yes. service. Like, well, across well, people the say board. thank you for your service, service, service. Right, service. right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, man, that, that is awesome. And we, we certainly appreciate what you're doing and what you've done. Proud to serve. Yes. And it changed my life. Yeah, let's talk about that. How, how specifically did it change your life? Well, you know, I, I started out saying that I didn't have a way to go to school, to college. My parents had me when I was 17 years old, poor, growing up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There was no college fund, no college plans. Mm-hmm. So those eight degrees I have, seven of them were paid for by the military. Mm-hmm. So when I got in, well, let me take a step back. I was kicked out of high school at 15 when I was in 10th grade. My high school said I was, I was a straight F student. Mm-hmm. I, I would go to school every day. I head out to the basketball court, and I would not do anything in school. And uh, by the way, I went to school with um, Obama's wife, with Michelle Obama. Oh, wow. We went to school together, but yeah. I didn't see much of her because I was playing hooky all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I got kicked out at 15 years old, and I went to night school, and, and that's kind of what turned my life around because mm-hmm. I, I said, you know what? Without education, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So I got a job during the day as a dishwasher, and at night I was in um, night. I was going to night school. Mm. Graduated, went to the military, and that led to me knowing that education was very, very important. And that was the way I was going to succeed. And also, I needed degrees and certifications in order to get to where I wanted to go. Mm. So that's what led to that. The, the military to me saved my life. It got me off the streets of Chicago, and it got me pointed target laser targeted in the right direction. Mm. So I'll mm. never, uh, I'll never say anything bad about the military. Mm. Okay. So, so I mean, when was there a, another point in life when you noticed that you could succeed in multiple areas? Mm-hmm. Well, my wife tells a different story than me. <laughs> she called. She said I have a problem focusing. You know, I, but and she might be right because I was the kind of guy who, if I try to focus on one thing, 
I couldn't stay focused on that one thing. I had to be doing at least three things or four things or five things. Now, some people say if you focus on one thing, you'd be great at it. I have buddies that are six-degree black belts when I have five first-degree black belts. Uh-huh. But my thing is this. I had many interests, and like you said, I didn't want any regrets. Uh-huh. I could have focused on one thing for the last 40 years and been great at it. I think I'm really, really good at multiple things, and I have no regrets. I wanted to be an actor. I tried acting. I wanted to do write books. I wrote a book. So I would never say, I would never go to the grave saying and, be, and deposit money into that grave, as you said, and say that I didn't do something I wanted to try. Mm-hmm. Everything I wanted to try, I've done. I didn't succeed at everything. You know, I've owned laundromats and things. I didn't succeed in everything. But I never put it down until I have some measure of success in it. And it, it just keeps me interested. There's so much for us to learn. Why stick with one thing our entire life mm-hmm. when there's so much to learn? And, and the degrees was this. I say, if I'm learning anyway, and I'm and I'm out there developing this knowledge, I might as well get a degree in it. You know, and I never wanted to be caught out there where somebody had an opportunity for me, mm. and I wasn't prepared for the opportunity. Mm. So that kind of led to me seeking out that education, those certi- those certifications. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because it seems like society wants to box you in and, yes. and have you pick a lane. You, exactly. know, you go to college, you're like, you know, what's your major? Yes. You know, what, what's, your, what's the lane you're going to yeah. focus in? And we start early in that. We tell our children, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and start working on that thing now. You know, and you go to school and find that, that thing is not what you wanted. Right. Everybody has a, count, a law degree. But he really wanted to be a film critic. And now mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. He's, he's a film critic after you spent all that money in law school. Mm-hmm. And I, I know doctors and people in other fields who they did it because that's the money or that's what their parent did. But they didn't open up their world to all the possibilities that's out there. So that's what we have to do. We have to start telling kids, what if? Mm-hmm. You know, what might be? You right. know, what can you do? Yeah. So that's kind of how I live my life and try to teach my children that. You know, it is interesting. Like now, even if you look at sports, mm-hmm. they're steering kids to really just focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Like baseball, they've got these camps and they've got these, you know, specific things. They don't want you to play football, basketball, and baseball mm-hmm. like you did in years past. Mm-hmm. But if you remember back to Bo, Bo knows. Right. Yeah. Be like Bo. Yeah. You can do multiple things. Now, mm-hmm. maybe you can't do them as long, but take advantage, you know, Athletic careers don't last that long anyway. So yeah. take advantage of what you can when you can. You might find out you're better at baseball or football right. or lacrosse. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, so we got to explore. We got to teach our children and the other generations to explore. Yes, mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Britton, you want to chime in? No. Did we lose Britton? <laughs> no. I, I was still reading. I was still reading Derek's bio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you on page eight? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm only, look, at where I am, he's only got three black belts right now. So no, I got to get the Five. That's five. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he has five, but I'm only on page four, so oh, I got to okay. get to, to the rest of the back belt. But no. Well, first question, though, is, Derek, this, and this is, this is the most serious question I'll probably ask you for the night. Um, Cubs or White Sox? The White Sox. <laughs> oh, this was going so great. But so, you know what? To the man with all these black belts, I'm a White Sox fan too right now. <laughs> right, I'm still a Bears fan. You know, what can I say? You know, it's, it's like yeah, York, you know, we, we got Redskins. You, you diehard fan. I'm still a diehard fan. Absolutely. I just don't have much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, can, I can understand that. Uh, no, um, if you could just uh, talk about the the fact that your transition from um, 
being a a, a young man from Chicago, um, exposed to certain things, um, how has that translated into um, a whole field where you don't find a lot of folks from Chicago, from the inner city, in cybersecurity? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, let me. I'm gonna say something that was told to me, and it might be funny, but it's not funny. They said that the best law enforcement and cybersecurity folks have a criminal background. <laughs> mm, so I don't. So I don't. I won't say I have a criminal background because I've never been prosecuted or caught at doing. <laughs> but let's just say, being a poor kid from the south side of Chicago, I've done things that I'm not as proud of. Sure. But let me say that that helped me in my career as an investigator. I did a lot of undercover work. Mm. I did. I can think like a criminal, and therefore I could catch a criminal. Mm. So when it came to cybersecurity, I, um, I, I mentioned I was a federal agent. I was a federal agent for 18 years, and in 2008, I said, you know what? I'm tired of doing this. My body is breaking down. They always had me kicking in the doors and work late night doing undercover. Mm-hmm. I said, what else can I do that would translate, you know, that I could use the skills I already have for that? And that was cybersecurity. I had a 20-year-old data processing degree that I earned 20 years before. So I was going to blow that off and try to use that. I actually went back to school and got two more masters in cybersecurity at that mm-hmm. point. But the thing, I wanted to take something that I knew, take my past, my street savvy, the background from where I grew up, take my law enforcement experience that I have now 40 years of, mm. and then put that together in something that can still be very, very valuable as a um, career, mm. cybersecurity. Here's the thing. Cybersecurity is never going anywhere. It's evergreen. Mm. As long as you guys have these phones and these uh, and <clears throat> smart TVs and everything else, you're going to need a cybersecurity guy. Yeah. So that's a place that I know you can make six figures, and I know you can always have a job every day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I took that, and I focused that on, on a career that I could build. And cybersecurity has become, I'm going to talk about this later, it's become my brand. i become mm-hmm. known for that. And it just continued to bring that evergreen money in the door. So that's kind of why I did that. I used what I know. Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, I used what I know, and I put that into a package that I could sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like cybersecurity is like the up-and-coming field, and you feel like there's just a lot of opportunities based off of kind of the state of the world. And And we are in our infancy for cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. People are doing great with cybersecurity, but it's still an infancy. Mm -hmm. Because now the biggest thing is this Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. Everything is connected. It's easy. I won't say it's easy, but you have a big organization with 40,000 people, and you have to secure the network. Mm -hmm. That's difficult. But now we got to secure the world. You know, your smart TV is watching you, your uh, baby monitors, somebody's listening on you, you know, uh, all these type of things that we have to secure and somebody has to do it. So it can make you very rich very quickly because you come up with that next big thing in cybersecurity that's going to save the world. You know, smart cars. Now, you can take over a car and and drive someone's car for them or cause other things to happen. You can people's pacemakers. You can cause them to stop functioning. So, number one. We're helping people. There's a need there. And number two is a very lucrative field to be in. And we're in the infancy. Accounting has been around since the Egyptian times or whatever. Cybersecurity is still rather new and still growing. Every time something new comes out, it has to be protected. Mm-hmm. And who guess who's going to protect it? Mm-hmm. Us folks in the cybersecurity wow. community. New core vision <laughs> is going to protect go. it. Yeah. He said it. I didn't say <laughs> yes. it. They're going to be protected. <laughs> yes. So that, that's why. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. 
So, and we ask this question a lot, but we really want to know this time with, with you, with everything you're doing. Just kind of walk us through like your typical day. What does it look yeah. like? Like, what time do you wake up? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you have things scheduled? And then, what time do you finally go to sleep? So, one thing you did not mention, okay, is that I still work an eight hour a day job. Uh-huh. I'm a supervisor at the Internal Revenue Service right now. Don't run away, but I, I'm at the IRS as an <laughs> IT supervisor. So, I still have my eight hour a day job. So, I get up at five thirty in the morning. I get my kids ready for school, and I start my day at 7.30 working. Okay. So a lot of my work goes to, I work from home a lot, but a lot of my work is throughout the day. So my real work, all this business stuff, starts at 5 o'clock. I usually go from 5 to midnight or 12.30 with business. So I'm making phone calls. I'm posting on social media. I am um, lining up work. I'm teaching a couple nights a week Mm because I do training. So. Uh I teach on that on, on a Saturday. I'm working from 9 to 5, teaching at college, at the university or whatever. So my day is filled with phone calls, teaching, lining up the next gig. So all the things you do in a regular business on a daily basis, I do that in my evening after doing that eight-hour-a-day job. Still got to prepare curriculum for college. Oh, by the way, I still got to pick my kids up every day from school at 4.30. You can't just forget get them. them. You got to make sure you pick get them up. Get them fed yeah, and then get back to work. So really from 6 to, to midnight, Nose to the grindstone, straight work, making things happen. I got to be organized. I have to have things in their compartments. Because I have, you know, I got private investigation work. I got cybersecurity training. I got curriculum for teaching college. I'm teaching every semester two classes. I got to line those things up. And by the way, take a break to go to the gym and do some martial art training or whatever during the week. So my day is not the typical person's day. Somebody cannot look at my day and say, I'm going to do that. You know, even though nothing special about me, but you have to be, as you said, you can't procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Things have to be planned out step by step, and I got to know what I'm going to do the next day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then make it happen. The biggest thing is making it happen, man. Taking, as they say, massive action. Taking massive yeah. action. Mm-hmm. So, we talked about this off the air. One of my pet peeves with mm-hmm. people I work with mm-hmm. that, oh, twig, get off my back. I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the time. I've got kids, I got small kids, I got this, I'm a single parent, blah, blah, blah. What do you have to say for that person who may be listening to us now that's saying they don't have time to pursue their goals? Well, first of all, I hope this don't come off the wrong way, but I can't even tolerate that word that you don't have time. Mm-hmm. Because when we're doing the things we do, we're here tonight doing these type of things. When we're doing these things that we do, we have to make the time. Right. So uh, people come to, and this is one of my pet peeves, people come to me all the time and say, you know what, Derek, how can I do the things you're doing? I tell them how to do it, and they come back and haven't done one of them. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how, you, how come you didn't do it? Well, you know, I didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. So when I started laying out that list you have before you, well, right now I'm writing a book, and I'm doing this and doing that. I'm like, how can you tell me you don't have the time? Right. What you don't have is you don't have that desire. Mm-hmm. You haven't said that goal that you talked about in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And not just goal, but actionable steps that you're going to take on a daily basis to reach that goal. Right. That's how you're going to get this stuff done. So saying you don't have the time, you can make the time. If you want it. You can make the time to go get it. And you all know that. We're making yeah. the time to go get what we want out of life. Absolutely. You know, else I would be sitting around putting deposit into that grave saying, I wish I had them. I know I could have. I wish I would have. But you never did. Right. You know, so I'm making sure when I go, I'm a, they're going to put on my headstone, he thought about it and he did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he said he's going to do it and he did it. Yeah. When I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. That's how you have to be. You have to take a mindset that I'm going to get this done. Mm-hmm. And don't try to do 20 like us. Pick one or two. Pick mm-hmm. one or two a year. This is a new decade. This is an opportunity mm-hmm. to say you're going to do something and bring it to fruition this year. I want you all to bring it to fruition this year. Pick something, take some actionable steps, and do it this year. Yeah. You know, you I think there was a time in, in the world where if you worked in the factory, mm-hmm. that was your lot in life, right? Mm-hmm. 
you're going to work there for 30 years and retire. Mm -hmm. You had no other options. You're not getting out of that. Where now, you can work at a job and start creating videos and be an internet sensation. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, yes. there's just all kinds of opportunities. Absolutely. You can write, you can write a book on how to get out of the factory. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. That is true. So, yeah, I think that should motivate our listeners and viewers to make it happen. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of opportunity. And, and let me say this, not just opportunity. I don't care what you do in life. It doesn't have to be cybersecurity. If there's something that you want to do, a niche, mm -hmm. there's an audience for it. Yep. Oh, yeah. For basket weaving, there's a million people online that want to know oh, yeah. how to basket weave. You know how to write a book? Yeah. Write a book on how to write a book. Do a course on it. Um, do some YouTube videos on it. And there's a million people that pay you to tell you how you know to tell them how to yep. do it. That is amazing yeah. about the internet and YouTube, where there's somebody like you said doing a video about just about anything, anything. out there. Mm -hmm. So that's just yep. There's like, always an audience. That's, that's the what I got to make a video doing something. Mm -hmm. Pouring this glass of water or something, just do a video. This video is on how to tie ties, you know, yeah. and people get paid for that. So there's no excuses. Yeah, there, there's a, uh, I saw something, there's an eight-year-old who talked, he started going on his videos mm -hmm. and talking about toys. Mm -hmm. Yep. And he, he started saying, you know, this is a great toy. And his mom caught it and just started filming him mm -hmm. and went viral. Yep. So now these toy companies are giving him all this money. Yep. To talk about their toy. Absolutely. You guys, eight years old, multi-millionaire. Yep. So I know you got the camera in front of your, in front of your kids. Like, come on, come like, on. Trying to catch yeah, something. We, yeah, we don't want to do it. We got like three views. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got 12-year-old daughters. That's all they do. I'm like, you're twins. Why don't y'all make these videos instead of watching other people yeah. do it? You know, because you, you do some interesting stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh-huh. They can do the same thing. That is cool. So, so let's talk about So what... What do you do to keep yourself organized? You started to kind of touch on that, mm -hmm. but like, what systems do you have in place to kind of stay stay on track, stay focused, and stay organized? Well, my main thing is calendar, Google Calendar, and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, that's one of the main things I do. And for, I have to take everything, put it in a folder, and write it down. Mm -hmm. I have multiple things that I do, so I have to make sure that I do those multiple things as we go on. So, um, so I put it in a calendar. I check it every day, check it every night. Say, this is what I'm going to do the next day. I make my list, and then. I go from there. Okay. Good. So so we're uh, on the 30-minute hour podcast. We're talking to Derek Smith. It's not your everyday podcast. Again, you can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Facebook. You can catch us on Instagram. You can catch us on YouTube. All you have to do is type in the 30-minute hour, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Mm -hmm. Now, we, we mentioned earlier you got... Eight degrees, right? And you, <laughs> you got fifteen different certifications in law enforcement and IT. I mean, you've kind of touched on it already, but mm -hmm. but how has this this education? How's it really helped to enforce what you reinforce what you're doing? Well, it's been key number one, okay, for me getting into this field and doing what I do in the cybersecurity field and the IT field. Certification is key, mm -hmm. especially in this area that we live in. So they would rather you have certifications over a degree. Mm -hmm. But when you have the degree and the certifications, that's going to open up a lot of doors for you. So just having, just being able to speak about these different fields and then say you have a master's degree in, in this and a master's in that, working on a doctorate in this, first open those doors. You still have to know what you're talking about. And the certifications help. People, there's a lot of people who say certifications aren't worth it and degrees aren't worth mm -hmm. it. Those are usually people who don't have them. Because right. certifications at least show a minimum level of knowledge that you have. So let me let me give you an example. You and I go to a school for cybersecurity. 
My school may have 15 classes on cybersecurity, yours has three. Mm -hmm. But we both have a master's degree in cybersecurity. The employer doesn't know what that means. They don't know how many classes I took, how many you took. But if I have that certification, they know I've met a certain baseline for getting that particular certification, so I have a certain level of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Those that open up the door for me for all the things that I've done in life, pretty much, in my cybersecurity career. But here's the next thing. I teach. And so in order to teach a particular certification or field, you have to have a certification in it. Mm -hmm. So that opened me up to a world of, of different um, different things that I can teach, different classes, different certifications, which brings in thousands upon thousands of dollars part-time teaching. So just building those certifications, getting certification like that, mm -hmm. is going to open up opportunities for you. So that's what it did, open up our opportunity. When somebody wants a speaker, they want me to fly out somewhere and pay me five grand to speak, they look and see what certifications I have first. And, then, and what does that tell you? This guy's an expert. What does your book tell him? He's an expert at what he does. Right. That certification says that Derek is an expert, expert, expert times 15 <laughs> at what he does. Yeah. So that's what it does. It makes the difference. If you and I go for an interview and you and I go for an interview and we at the same level as degree and everything, those certifications are going to put me over the top. You know, and it's going to... Again, it's going to make me that expert. That just really made me feel good. That just means <laughs> if we're applying for the same position, mm -hmm. I'm just like, now I'll just pull mine back. <laughs> this guy you, with the 17 certs over here is definitely going to be the guy. And, and speaking of that, when I go to an interview, when I go to an interview, the first thing I do is I take some books with me. Yeah. And I set those books down for them. I usually give one to the interviewer. <laughs> and the last thing I say, I say, you know what? You can get other guys with the same credentials as me. But you're not going to have the guy who wrote the book on the subject. Mm. You know, you're not going to, you know. And when they see that this expert, he's an expert because he wrote the book on it. Yeah. You know, and he has 15 certification, and he has his degree. When you left your interview, they already forgot about you. Yeah. They already forgot about you because they're going to remember the guy whose book is going to stay with them. It mm. has my card in it. You leave a card, I leave a book. Mm. So who's going to have the edge there? So, yeah, usually when I go to an interview, I get that job, <laughs> you know, or I get that speaking engagement or I get that teaching assignment because I have the credentials to do that. Credentials make a difference. So that's really going yeah. above and beyond, mm -hmm. right? Most people are just trying to do the basics just to get through something. You're just taking it to that. So now I'll give you my level. secret. Don't use my secret to get the next job over me. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I, like, I don't know if I'm going to be getting fifth. The nine, ten more degrees. And <laughs> yeah. My attention span is just not that good, man. Well, and that's another key about this field. Accounting principles have not changed since ancient times. Right. You still have debits and credits, mm -hmm. and you're still going to move. You just do it different now, technology. In this field, we have to stay up on the newest thing that comes out. So, right. it's, so if you like that type of thing, it's going to be interesting. You're never going to get bored because right. you're always going to be learning something new. And obviously, with all my degrees and certificates, I like I like to learn new things. Uh -huh. So this keeps me learning new things, mm -hmm. keeps me relevant, keeps me interested in things, and hold my interest until I stop doing this, which mm -hmm. I have no idea when that will be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the key, you know, be interested in what you do. Yeah, and I think the bottom line too is either you're growing or you're dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's like the in the animal kingdom in the plant. If you're not growing, you're dying, yeah, right? right. You know, and you're if you're in front of audiences, they're they're learning new things, they're exposed. If you're not growing. Mm -hmm. Behind the eight balls, so. and those audiences energize you. Uh, you know, by having an energized audience, that energizes you to want to keep going. Mm -hmm. you know, I want to go speak in front of somebody else. And what can I tell them now? I got to do some research first. You know, one of the things he didn't mention is that I go on the news, and I'm uh, I'm on the news as a cybersecurity expert for various news channels in the yeah. area. So who are they going to call? They're going to call the guy with all the credentials and you know the doc the doctor and the books and all that. And I go in and I express. Uh, whatever topic is out here today for law enforcement and for cybersecurity because I become that expert. So it opens up the doors for television yeah. and radio and everything else. 
Yeah. Yeah. So this is the perfect time to talk about your company, the Intercessors Group. So, so what's the mission of your company, and who is your ideal client? Okay. Well, it's actually called the Intercessors Investigative and Training Group. Okay. So, therefore, we do investigations, we have, and we do training. So, on the investigation side, I have commercial and I have private customers. Mm-hmm. When I talk about commercial companies, I'm talking about law firms, and I'm talking about insurance company that's doing workman's comp mm-hmm. um, investigations or something like that. So, my commercial clients bring me business. Mm-hmm. On the private side, it's usually domestic type things. Somebody wants me to follow their spouse or, mm-hmm. you know, find a lost child, which is, which is great sometimes, and, and things like that. So, private and commercial clients comes on that side. My bread and butter, my, what I love doing is the training. You know, I love seeing minds develop and people learn something, a light bulb go off. So I do a lot of training in corporate training, individual training, certification training. That's what we do. I develop training curriculum for organizations, for schools, for universities, for private companies. And that's what our mission is. That's what it's all about. We're trying to expand minds. We're trying to actually, there's a difference between education and training. Training trains you for a job. Education changes behavior. Yeah. So I'm trying to change behavior by educating folks on cybersecurity, on law enforcement, where there's going to be a change in behavior for the positive mm-hmm. you know, or for growth or whatever it may be. That's what we do at the intercessors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so as you mentioned, the cybersecurity is kind of the up-and-coming thing. What, what are some simple steps that people can take to protect their identity and their online reputation? What are some basic things people need to do? I'm going to give you two things that uh-huh. I think is very, very important. Number one, mind what you're doing on social social media. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, let me give you a quick story. I, I used to be a recruiter for a, a large company out here, mm-hmm. and I, I have had to take people's jobs away from them, mm-hmm. offers yeah. for what they were doing on social media, what mm-hmm. they're posting. So somebody would get a $75,000 offer, and then they'd tell me, go look at this social media, and I see the guy with, you know, doing something that's inappropriate on social media, tell me to snatch it away. People have to realize that social media doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, number one, it can lose jobs and things like that. But number two, I'm an investigator, right? Mm-hmm. I can find you, everything about you, um, as a bad guy, as a hacker, just based on social media. Mm-hmm. I go to your Facebook page, and I find out where you're located through GPS. Mm-hmm. I find out that you're not home right now because you're vacationing in, in Rio somewhere. Wow. So I know that I can get into your house at this time because you won't be back till next Thursday. You know, I can find out, I can get a picture of you so I can target you. I want to know your password. Most people use their pet's name for the password. So I look on social media (laughs) and see that your pet name is this, and I go break into your account and hack you. Mm. Mind what you're doing on social media, number one. And number two is also be cognizant of how you just interact on the Internet, period. You know, um, everybody now lives on the Internet. I have friends who will be about to go into open-heart surgery, and they're snapping pictures, you know, <laughs> doing selfies. I'm about to go in right now, folks. So, you know, wish me luck. We have to be cognizant of what we're doing. It's true of what we're doing yeah. and what we're sharing oh, on the internet. My yeah. biggest thing for you all is your internet presence. You know, uh, more so than anything else. Most hacks, most things happen now due to social media. Wow. Social media is a tool for law enforcement and it's a tool for hackers. So that's what I'll leave you with. More mm. than anything else, identity wow. theft, social media because of social media and what you're doing there. And then, like, how often should people change their passwords and all that good stuff? Well, I mean, if you follow our practices that we do for companies, I mean, there's a lot of things out there, but I say at least every 30 days change those passwords. 30 to 60 days, we tell a company, but I tell you that at home as well. Let me tell you a story. I I, I had a password that I've been using for many, many years. 
One company refused to let me use it, and they said because you were found on a database of um, compromised passwords. So my password that I use is already on the list somewhere. And I, if you don't, if you're not cognizant of, of cyber, that's what they do. They'll make a list of passwords and they'll sell them to folks so they can use them to break into your accounts. Mm. So if you continue to use that password, you're going to be vulnerable. If you change it every 30 days or so, um, then you're not going to be as vulnerable. You know, there's still ways to get in. There's still so many things you can do, wow. so um, cybersecurity wise. But that's one of the things I tell you: change those passwords. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't use your dog's name <laughs> and what school you went to right. and all the things that you share on social media. Because yeah. that's the first place I'm going to check to try to compromise those passwords. That probably helps so, to use like the exclamation points and some of the other yeah, and mix things up. You yeah. know, even when I'm talking, like say you use the word password, but you change the s's to dollar signs and you change um, some of the. The hacker tools look for those type of things. So it'll look for password, but it'll look for the change, the dollar sign. It'll look for, instead of using an O, you use a zero. Mm-hmm. It looks for all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Use things that people are not going to uh, think of. I use some of my martial art terms and then mix it up with some things. You have to be, you have to do that. Yeah. Use your, use all the characters that's out there yeah. and kind of mix it up, try to throw mm-hmm. them off a bit. You know, cause, cause they're not doing it. They have tools they're throwing at it and the tools are smart. Somebody programmed these tools to look for all the things that you think you're doing. You know, I'm going to put my high school and I'm going to put... And you know, let me tell you this. There's a large percentage of people that still use password as their password. Mm-hmm. They think they're being cute. <laughs> What's the first thing I'm going to look for? I'm going to try that. <laughs> so, you know, just just think about things that other people won't think about and make that your password. So it's like each side is getting more advanced. The cybersecurity side is getting more advanced, but the hackers yeah. are also... And, and they're even more advanced. You know why they're more advanced? Because we spend time in cybersecurity being reactive. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out how to stop you from doing things. So and not only that, but we have to spend 50% of our time being compliant, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at compliancy. They spend 100% of their time just figuring out how to break us. Mm-hmm. So they have all the time to continue to attack us, and we've been on the defense. We don't have time to be proactive to figure out how they're mm-hmm. doing things. And they win every time. Yeah. You know, It's great for us as a career, but it's terrible when I think about your your bank account being broken into and, you know, some scheme where they're going to take all this money from you. It's a nightmare for the general public. It's great for us in the industry. Mm-hmm. But, you you know, it could be bad, Yeah, as you all know. You read it every day. In the pa- yeah. there's, a, there's not a day that passes where you don't see somebody's been breached. And that's even large companies with all these millions they throw at it. It's not if, it's when, right? Wow. It's when you're going to be attacked. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's all about. And then Britain, um, Britain, had to go. Oh, Britain had to go? Britain had to go. So he won't be chiming in. He will not be chiming mm-hmm. in anymore. All right. So you're uh, also an actor. Yes. So yes. talk to us. How did you, with everything you're doing, like how did you get into acting? And tell us about some of the things you've done in the acting. All right. I don't know if I can tell you exactly how I got into acting, but I'll kind of give you the abbreviated story around it. Because I saw an ad in the paper. Mm-hmm. And I, I, the ad was in the back. Of the, so this is back in the 80s when they still ran ads in the paper. And I saw a little ad that said actors want it. I'm like, let me go check this place out. I went down, and it was a little tiny office. Mm-hmm. One desk, a little guy sitting there. I'm like, this guy's going to put me in some, let's say, movies that I don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was got to worry about what kind of movies he's going to mm-hmm. put me into. But there's an old show used to come on television called Crime Story. Mm-hmm. If you're a big Crime Story fan, he actually put me in an episode of Crime Story. I was a bank hostage. Mm-hmm. And then from that, they put me in a two-parter. I, I had a scenes with Pam Greer and mm-hmm. um, Dennis Haysbert, if you, mm-hmm. if you know um, who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so some big stars were in that episode, and it was a two-parter. Wow. But from there, I've been working pretty steadily. I actually had to turn down work, acting work. Right now, I do 
um, television commercials. I do what's called industrials, where we work for stuff like hospitals and the IRS and all that for training films. But I've been in scenes with Nicole Kidman. Hmm. Uh, I've been in scenes with um, um, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I was in National Treasure 2 with um, Nicolas Cage. Wow. So um, I've done, I've met a lot of the stars in the industry. I, I got two movies. I got a movie coming out right now. We just had a premiere last week. I was in a six productions last year. I had a movie called The Meek. It's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. It's called The Meek, M-E-E-K, if you want to check me out. I play a televangelist in that. The new movie, I play a, um, I play a lawyer. So I've done a lot of work. As I said, because I do all these other things, I have to actually turn down work. So it's been pretty wow. good to me. And I haven't had much training. You know, it's just, you know, I'm an undercover agent guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm from Chicago. I just be myself. Right. So I've taken yeah. some six-week classes, some training here and there, but I have no degree in it or anything like that. But the work continued to come in. Like I said, I did six productions last year. The year just got started, so hopefully some things will come in this year for commercials and whatever comes out there. A lot of people, act, a lot of actors just want to be up on the big screen. But you can make a lot of money acting by doing all these other things, commercials, industrials, um, um, taking part in an exercise at the FBI Academy, mm. plan a body or something like that. All those bring revenue in for those actors where they don't just have to wait. Because I don't know if you noticed, but a large percentage of folks in SAG, like 80%, don't even make $12,000 a year. Mm. So the big boys make the big money, but 80% of SAG don't make any money. So mm. there's ways for them to make money. But let me say this. I loved it. Another dream. I said I want to be an actor. People say it can't be done. I'm like, you can't tell me what can't be done. So I pursued it and I do it. And I'm still doing it, and I have a measure of success. If you go on the Internet Movie Database, you see me there with all my photos and everything, and I have a measure of success. I've met people that I would never have met had I not been an actor. You know, I got phone numbers of some folks who, yeah. you know, you mentioned um, Fences when we first got started. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, his son, um, starred as one of Denzel Washington's son in Fences. So, you know, I, I get to meet those kind of people and work with those people. I have a whole community of friends who are actors and actresses and all that. You know, I have pockets of life, business people, mm. you know, actors and actresses, speakers on the speaker circuit, cybersecurity folks, you know. So I, I get to enjoy all these things in life that you never do if you procrastinate and didn't take a step towards going out there and realizing your dreams. I know I said a lot, but that's what acting has done for me and writing has done for me and some of these other things. Yeah. So, again, no excuses that you can't do anything you can do whatever you want to do. All you got to do is take the time to stay. I'm going to do it. Not when I'm going to do it, if I'm going to do it, I'm planning to do it. Mm-hmm. It's I did it or I'm doing it, you know. Uh, what, what did Yoda say? Don't, don't, um, there's no can't. There's only, there, there is no try. There's Either only do or not do. That's it. That's Either my philosophy. do or do not. Yeah. That's it. You do it or you don't do it. Do or do not. Mm-hmm. That's how I live my life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the word try gives you a back door. Oh, yeah. You know, I tried. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Nope, I'm doing it. You can do it or you don't. So, mm-hmm. so what are some of the the upcoming projects that you have? I mean, in any area, right? Because I can't even put it in a box. Just, <laughs> you know, you you know, you, you're going out. You know, you're going out to play professional sports. Uh, you're going. You know, <laughs> I don't you're going to do start, that. Start a cooking show. I mean, I'm Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? You know, really, what my thing is, I have 30 years in the government now, okay. and I'm really looking to retire and take the things I do full time. Yeah. You know, I actually, I was going to retire and just become an actor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have nothing to lose. I have money coming from the military. I got money coming from federal retirement. I got all these things I do. I'm going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's still a possibility. But see, mm-hmm. now I have the time. I'll have the time and the money to do what it is they're going to do. Yeah. So acting could be full time. But really, you said what projects do I have right now? Right now, I'm looking for 
um, growing my businesses, growing the intercessors into my main thing that I do, focusing on training and bringing that training to more people mm. than I do now. I'm also working on various, uh, I do a lot of in-person training. Mm. And a lot of people ask me from all over the world. I got people training in my class from India who get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to be on my 6 o'clock in the evening class. But I have a lot of demand for folks who want me to put my training on video. So I'm doing a lot of video courses now. I have a course that's coming out on how to be a private investigator. I have a course for all my certifications where they can watch the video anytime mm-hmm. and not have to be in my live class where I'm teaching. So those are the kind of projects I'm working right now. I have 2020 and this decade just lined up with projects. Wow. Um, I was talking to your cameraman. I'm trying to do another. I have martial art videos on the market. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get him to help me do my next martial art project. You know, where I sell those on the internet. That so, would be Michael Fugate. Right. Real <laughs> Shining Arts. <laughs> don't, don't, don't miss yes. out. Don't miss out. You will see <laughs> him. Big page, Mike. You will see him putting out a project for me where we're going to be selling my martial art videos this year. Because wow. there's no planning that's doing. And we're going to do it this year. That's nice. So those are some of the things I have done around the hopper. Oh, by the way, and another book. I've all, I'm almost finished with another book. And so the, the next book, this will be another cybersecurity Yeah, it will be in the cybersecurity realm. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about writing a book. Since you got that procrastination book, I've been thinking about writing a book on how to get things done. You know, mm-hmm. basically how to make things happen, how to mm-hmm. take massive action to do what you want to do. Yep. I mean, if I've done it, why not tell other people how I've done it and how they can do it as well? Yeah. So that's been a project that I've, that I've been kicking around for years. I might do that or I might just leave it to this man and just refer it to, yeah. to your book. So that's one of the things. No, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. So I'm, I'm, t- t- I'm tired. Right, like maybe right? yeah. I'm like, man, all this stuff that he's doing, man, that's non-stop. I, I still got about four hours of work to do tonight, and then and then and then, and then you have a family. Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. so how how do you fit that into everything? I know I heard you say you, I know you said you know you take your kids to school. Yep, every every day. You know, I, I didn't hear you say you pick them up. So I, I pick them up. So every you pick day. them up too. Yes. Yeah. So I want them to still be at school right now. They're they're, they're at home. Be, okay. Before I came here, I picked them up. I cooked their dinner. You know, made them dinner and all that. Got them settled before I came out tonight. Wow. So, by the way, I, I, my wife takes them to school. I pick them up. Okay. I also, I was just soccer coach this year. I'll be the softball coach. So I'm, my thing is this. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And, and guys, you know I'm this. I'm the Cub Scout Den leader. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, a lot of people, you, you push things aside yeah. in order to accomplish other things. But you can't do that. Right. right. You still have a family and a wife and all that. Yeah. So, all the stuff I do, I'm still home to pick them up every day. I'm still cooking their dinner every single day, and, um, and I'm still volunteering to be coaches and all that stuff. i got to work it in. I can't say kids no because I'm working on this book or I'm working on that. And when I'm focused, I'm focused. You know, they mm-hmm. go to bed at night, I'm, I'm putting stuff out. But when I'm daddy time, I'm focused on daddy time. Me and my kids, every two weeks, we go see a new movie. Mm-hmm. We go out and see a movie every two weeks. You know, so you take I, them to see your movie? They like have dad, fun. Like dad. Yeah, they that, do. Dad, like and they dad. love to do that. They okay. love to go to school. See, I saw my dad's film last night. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I make sure I include them and make time for them and everything I do. So, yeah, so what do you do for like off time? Like you know, today I'm just not gonna do anything. You write a book during that time. I mean, I, I mean, what do you? I do? cannot not do anything. You know what my off time is? What's that? My martial art classes. I go to martial art. I go to the gym. I go to my martial art class. There's nothing like getting rid of stress when you're choking somebody out in a martial art class. <laughs> <laughs> or, I don't even like the way he was looking at me. It's not like when you're choking somebody out. For example. Let me try this. Yeah, I can show you right now. Or throwing a karate kick. I mean, you just forget about your day and all the stresses. Can you focus right now 
on just targeting in front of you. Yeah. I'm 56 years old. I'm out there fighting guys that's 25, 30 years old. Yeah. So I'm focused. Yeah. But that's how I I wind down. I can't just sit. And I can sit and read a book a little while, but I just can't sit. My mind is one of those that's always working on things. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in martial art class, I'm not working on anything. Mm -hmm. When I'm in the gym, only thing I'm working on are these, you know. Yeah. So I'm working on that. So that's my downtime. Mm -hmm. Now we do take a couple of trips each year. Okay. My wife is from Bermuda, okay. so we go to we try to go to Bermuda at least once a year, and mm -hmm. we try to do another trip. And we always take a, a two family trips. Okay. okay, that's a wind down for me too. Even though when I'm there, I'm on the like everybody else, right, let me right, see right. when my next deal is coming. But, yeah, yeah. You know, but we do that. Wow. You know, you know, you guys are businessmen. When you're businessmen, you got to take care of business. Yeah. There's really no downtime for your business. Somebody right. gonna call and talk to you. Yeah. Say I got a class. I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars for. Yeah. You're gonna um, take that phone call, whether you're on Bermuda Beach. Yeah. Or where, whatever Disney World. I'm on a ride. Going, Just one minute. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we got to make it happen. And that's oh, yeah. what we do. We make it happen. Man. So speaking of making happen, got your book right here in front of me. Mm -hmm. CyberSense, the leader's guide to protecting critical information. So, so what can the reader expect from mm -hmm. reading this book? So I say it's a leader's guide, but it's mm -hmm. really anybody's guide who is not trying to be a cybersecurity. A lot of books out there are written for folks who want to get in the cybersecurity business. Mm -hmm. But there's leaders out there who have to know, have to understand cybersecurity and be able to have an intelligent conversation about cybersecurity. But they don't have to be cybersecurity gurus. Mm -hmm. So the book was written for those. It's written for folks who need to know the knowledge, know the lingo to have an intelligent conversation with the cybersecurity folks and say, this is what I need, this is what I want, and then actually understand what it is. So that's what that's all about. But I say it's, I say it's not just leaders because anybody can read that book and glean some tips like you asked me about of what cybersecurity is and how you can protect yourself in cybersecurity. Sure, sure. So that's what it is. And then you have another one that's the action guide because I wanted people to take that next step. Mm. Like you, I don't want you to procrastinate. I don't want you to <laughs> read. Get you an action guide. I, like, I don't want them to read the book and say, okay, I read the book, now what? Now we take action. Mm. You know, I tell you, I keep saying take massive action. Now we put that plan into place. Mm. And people were asking me for that. What do I do next, Derek? Well, get the action plan. This is going to help you work out cybersecurity for your organization, and therefore you take some action steps to get to where you need to be. And that's what that was all about. That, that book led into this one because people were asking for it. You know, I'm all about taking action. But, no, that, that's really good because, you know, you want people to engage with your mm -hmm. topic and your book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is, I mean, the workbook is the way to go. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be doing a procrastination. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> right. I'm about to put this in the action, the action book. And right. let me give you a secret. The book led to the action plan. The uh, action plan led to people asking me to do seminars, right. webinars, mm. speaking on that, coming into their com company, being a consultant. Derek, you know, I read the action guide. It's great, but can you do it for me? Mm -hmm. So that leads to more work for you. Everything I do has a purpose. So when I plan out something, I'm, uh, it's always the next five steps. Right. Do the book. The book leads to the action plan. The action plan leads to speaking engagement. Mm -hmm. Speaking engagement leads to consultations. That's how you have to do to plan mm -hmm. out everything wow. you do. Mm -hmm. Wow. No wasted effort. Absolutely. Okay. So how can our listeners get in contact with you to get your book, to take advantage of your services? Well, the book is on Amazon. You can go to Amazon.com and you can look for both books there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as far as reaching me, you can reach me at Derek at the intercessorgroup.com, and that's D E R E K, Derek at the intercessorgroup.com. Intercessor is a mediator, a go between, mm -hmm. so that's what we are. And the last thing, you can follow me on Twitter at Derek A. Smith1. Mm -hmm. So, Twitter, Derek A. Smith1. Guys, you can great. This is great. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. 
we've included that we're, we're all slackers that's right it. about now. That's, <laughs> that's everything that I thought I've accomplished in life, and it's been very limited. I tell you. Yeah, you guys yeah. about to go home and watch TV. I'm about to go home and get on the computer and um, make some money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah. He's really not kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Yes. Cool. But thank you all. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I love this. Yeah, this is a nice format. I really like this. Yeah, we're going to definitely good. have you back to Anytime. talk about cybersecurity you know, yeah. or you know. martial arts or yeah. well, I'm gonna acting. Put in my, my shameless plug. I'll be your cybersecurity go-to guy. That's what we need. <laughs> yes, I'll be That's your cybersecurity go-to guy. Yeah, come in with some cyber nuggets yes. for our listeners. A cyber tip of the week. That's I right. like that. That's right. Because yeah. it's needed. Yes, yes. Because every every office has that guy that's not doing the right things, mm-hmm. right. You know, using the dog Fido is my password. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and you find it in the biggest organizations. Yeah. everybody does it, you know, and that's what they do. But but we set you up for that. I just want to say this: we set you up for that because what did they ask you? What's your mother's maiden name? Oh yeah. What school did you go? Did you graduate from? Oh, yeah. You know, what was your dog's name? Yeah. They set you up for failure because those are all the things you're going to be posting all day long on social yeah. media. I can right. easily go back and find in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So we set you up the other way. So that, what does that tell you? We need to start educating the community about how to do cyber better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we give those nuggets those nuggets out. So there's definitely a need for your services. So. Evergreen. Yep. So we're about to go around the horn. This is the part of the show where we each leave a parting thought for the people. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you want the people to remember you by? To remember me by? Or remember you with as far okay. as that. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I want to I leave something for folks that I think they should do. Mm-hmm. And one of my things, I, I talked to you about this before, but most folks want to have a job. You know, mm-hmm. I told you there's a niche for everybody. Everybody has something they're good. I don't care what it is, mm-hmm. basket weaving. Take that thing and do what I did. Don't become, don't have it as a job. Make it a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, I took cybersecurity. I could just have a cybersecurity job. Mm-hmm. And I can do very well with that, right? Or I can turn it into a cybersecurity brand. Mm-hmm. Do a book. You know, do some YouTube videos. Go out and speak on it and make money. Go out and educate people as a college professor in it. You know, take your skill and turn it into a brand that's going to make you... You know how they talk about uh, multiple streams of income? Mm-hmm. You can take that one thing you do and make it multiple streams of income. You don't have to do a dozen things like I do. Everything I do, I try to... Well, not everything. I try to focus it into my main thing, which mm-hmm. is cybersecurity, law enforcement, security, and security. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing. So that's my nugget. That's my little tip. Yeah, make it a brand. That's excellent. Mm-hmm. Great advice. Ted? <laughs> Man, you know, I normally, you know, time to time we have guests that come on here and I'm like, like, how do I follow that guest? How do I follow this guest? I mean, just, yeah, I don't think I will ever, ever say I don't have time to, to get, to get something done. Like I, like, it's just truly amazing to just listen to all the things that you've been able to, to accomplish. You know, with a full-time job, with the family, writing books, and so I mean, it's just very uh, motivational discussion, man. Today, if anything, man. Well, I'm really 97. I just look. This 97. <laughs> so, 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 after, so you know, after I go and take a nap, I'm gonna, you know, get up and put together a list and try to, you know, put some things in action. It's been really good. Great. great. Yeah. Well. So my around the horn is that with everything you're doing, you still have this focus on family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's so easy for people like us with our personality yeah. types just to be so focused on 
it's very easy to neglect home yeah. if you're not careful. So I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a big takeaway for me that, yes, I mean, you want to pursue your goals. You want to make sure you're not adding to the net worth of the graveyard. But at the same time, you don't want to come home and the locks have changed. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and your clothes are all on the lawn mm-hmm. because you neglected that area. So there is a place for balance and just making sure you're creating and carving out time for mm-hmm. those people at home that are most important to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I'm not into astronomy and all that, but I'm a Libra. Uh-huh. And the sign of Libra is balance. Balance. And i got to have that balance. Yeah. i got to have that family. You know, my biggest... Every day is greeting my daughters from school. I have twelve-year-old twins. Uh-huh. That's my day. You know, I, I love you. Now I gotta go do some work. <laughs> you know? So yes. So one question we didn't ask that we normally ask is like, like what would you tell the younger you? Like, there's an opportunity to talk to say uh, the seventeen-year-old Derek or that Derek that was in high school that you said that, um, you know, was not getting good grades. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you? Well, you know, for one thing I would say is focus. Mm. I needed to focus. I, I still need some focus. So be more focused on what you want to do. I could accomplish a lot of things earlier in life, mm-hmm. but I wasn't as focused as I am now. And I'm going to say something that you were talking about. Um, family. Before, when I was in the military and all that, I, I probably shouldn't let this secret out, but I would volunteer for things. You know, oh, there's, there's something going on overseas. I'm a volunteer. I'm a, I go home to my wife and I'm like, you know what? I gotta go. They told me I gotta go, but I really volunteered. So it took me. Yeah, so, <laughs> but so, she's not watching. Exactly. Yeah. yeah no. So it took me a while to learn um, to put family first. Yeah. You know, in younger years, I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be. A, I trained in the military for four services. I wanted to be doing that. Yeah. I was a federal agent. I trained. I wanted to be out there. So I was doing undercover work at night and all that because that's when the action was happening. So it took me a while to learn that. So I had to learn to be family focused. Mm. So I would tell my younger self to do that from the beginning. Mm. Be focused on what you're doing and be focused on family. And mm. then it would have filled together probably even quicker than it is. I've accomplished a lot. Yeah. But who knows what I could have accomplished that's if I've been more that's, focused. That's scary. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I got like 50 degrees or yeah. something. <laughs> but I might really be acting with Denzel. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you yes. go. That's great. Well, this, this has been an amazing episode. I appreciate that. And it's clearly not your everyday podcast. No, this is not your everyday guest, right? Right. So you, you can find us Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on iTunes. You can check us out on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. This concludes another episode of the 30-Minute Hour. Until next week, have a great one.